0: Thank you for joining me for the Sermon of the Week. Coming to you from Studio B, housed inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Leg of the Ozarks, 728 North Main Street in Lorry, Missouri, if you want to come see us. Well, the Sermon of the Week is brought to you by the New Old School Podcast in Church at the MHC. Join me today as we revisit our Sunday morning service, October 31st, 2021. The Sermon of the Week Associate Pastor Nathan Gasford for such a time as this.
1: Let's check it out. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Like I said, you've been kept for such a time as this. Now I want you to think about this. Out of all the generations to come before us, but yet we are the ones standing here today. My friends, we are not here by accident. We stand here today very much alive on purpose, but for a purpose. All hell can be sent out against us, yet the Bible says in all this that we are what? More than conquerors. Romans 8.37, I use a lot of the Passion translation. I like the way it puts it, but I like this. It says, yet even in the midst of all these things, what are all your things? What are all your things? What are some things that you're going through or that you've been through or that you might see yourself getting ready to go through? Whatever it is, it's not about a category. It only works in this over here, but this, it's not. No, it says Yet, even in the midst of all these things, it says we triumph over them all. All. It's simple. You know what all means? All. (laughs) For God has made us to be not just a conqueror, but more than a conqueror. More than. More than conquerors. And his demonstrated love is our glorious victory over everything. My friends, the world needs us right now. And it is the heart of the, it's not the heart of the father to bring us home. So it's so easy in the world that we live. All you got to do is just flip on the news. Half the time, all you got to do is just mind your own business and get on Facebook. And it's right there. Whether you wanted to see that news post or not, it's right there, thrown in front of you. This is what's gonna go, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And it's so easy to get to the point to where you just throw up your hands, you just like, my God, just just take us home. But what happens if I told you that Jesus prayed against that type of prayer? He prayed against that type of prayer. See, Jesus is not a pansy. When things get tough, he's like, Oh my God, Father, he, that's not how I, no, listen. He said in John chapter 17, verses 15 through 16. He's this is the this is a prayer of Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus knows how to get his prayers answered? Yes. Do you believe that he knew what to ask the Father and in the proper way to ask it? I mean, I'm not going to go to Jesus and say, I don't like the way you prayed. Listen to what he said. I'm not asking that asking. I am not asking that you remove them from the world or from the world system. In other words, that Jesus is saying, Father, I'm not asking that you would remove them out of everything that's going on. Because when it gets darker and darker, guess what? We get brighter and brighter. We get brighter and brighter. This is what the, this is. This is the prayer of Jesus. He says, "I'm not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world. Listen to this: for they no longer belong to this world, any more than I do. Amen. Do you believe in aliens? Like what in the world are they preaching here at the MHC? Do you believe in aliens? Because we are. See, we were birthed. Our origin is not right here. We've been birthed and we come from a different region, a different world, a different place. See, it's time we realize that we are not from this planet. We are birthed right from the heart of the Father and came straight from heaven to earth. My friends... <laughs> What did E.T. say, E.T. phone home? (laughs) What if I told you you've already been to heaven before and you know exactly what it's like? See, in our minds, when when we hear that, a lot of times we're like, well, no, no, I I haven't. I mean, I haven't died, and someone rose me back, and I came back. And we think of all these different stories that are true, but where were you born from? See, that little baby right there, she's just fresh to this earth, but where was she before she came here? Where was that little spirit of her before? Spending time with the Father. Spending time with the Lord Jesus and the Holy Ghost. She knows exactly. That's why, that's why when you see Him, that, it's like when I saw her earlier. She was so tiny, but I was like, my God, I'm touching perfection. Where'd she just come from? Yeah. We make it hard, it's not. See, we are birthed right from the heart of the Father and came straight from heaven to earth. We are now representing the kingdom of heaven. We are representing Jesus. John chapter 17, verse 18. Do you believe that Jesus came to commission? He, that he was commissioned and he came to represent the Father? Do you believe that? That when you saw Jesus, the Bible says that he is the express perfect image of who? The Father. So, in other words, if you want to see the heart of the Father in this in a situation, all you gotta do is just get a good glimpse of Jesus. Amen. What did Jesus do with that cancer? Amen. What did he do? Well, you know, my father has a good purpose in that. And uh the he's he's teaching you a lesson. You never once see that, you never once see Jesus do that. See what you see Jesus do, he's showing you the heart of the Father. Well, listen, the Bible says in John 17. 18. It says, I have commissioned them to represent me, just as you commissioned me to represent you. Today, right here, this Sunday morning, we're going to represent Jesus. And sometime during this service, we're going to lay hands on people to where a sickness or disease said, knock, knock, yep, I'm here to stay today. And you turn around and you go, hell no. I feel freedom to be able to say that in the MHC. George is like, did you just say that? Yes, I did. Oh, you're telling hell no. You're telling hell no. You are. Hell's knocking on your door, and it wants an entryway, and you go, hell no. You don't tolerate it. I mean, if Don can say, give him the finger, I think we can at least say this. (laughs) Some of you might not have been here on that Tuesday night, but Sunday morning, whatever it was. But you've been sent here to represent Jesus, correct? So what would Jesus do if he stand before a sick body? One's got to go and it ain't Jesus. Pack the bags. Get to stepping. He wouldn't argue with it. There wouldn't be a struggle. Jesus wouldn't work up a sweat, and have to go apply more deodorant on. He would have to sit down for a while and catch his breath. <laughs> he would have to tag team his partner to come in because he needs a rest. It's just simple go! Amen. And that thing has to leave. We represent Jesus. Remember the bracelets? What would Jesus do? Maybe they should bring him back. What would he do in that situation? He wouldn't have found an excuse of why it didn't work or why the fathers woke up on the wrong side of the bed and it's not daddy's will today, check back tomorrow. That's not, big, that's not biblical. It's not what it is. See, we represent everything that Jesus is and everything that he stands for. He stood for your physical healing while being beaten beyond recognition. He stood for your righteousness while being separated from the Father and was made sin who knew no sin. Was made sickness who knew no sickness. It's time we realize and wake up to the power that is living within us. It's time that we as a church start manifesting Jesus and his goodness to the hurting, and stop making excuses of why we can't heal the sick, of why we can't cast out demons and devils, and it doesn't stop there, and why we can't raise the dead. He said we can and are supposed to be doing it, so I'm just going to take him at his word and start getting busy with kingdom business. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 20, And he said to them, As you go into the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news, they will be condemned. And these, say and these, these. today Today. will happen in my midst before my eyes. eyes. What Nathan's getting ready to say will will happen today. And for me. for me not just for my neighbor, for my neighbor. but for me. For, me. for me remember we stopped at in these all right and these miracle signs will accompany those who believe they will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from stakes and from drinking anything poisonous. They will lay hands upon the sick and heal them. Now, it says, after saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and set down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. And the apostles, or, and the believing ones, went out announcing the good news everywhere. Are we announcing good news today? then this is what's going to happen. Are we preaching the gospel today? Yeah. Then this is what's going to happen. Why? Well, it's not about just what's preached. Can you manifest a thing? Can you back it up? Can you back it up? Well, I happen to believe that Jesus can and he lives in me, and the Bible says that he is the vine, I am the branch. Guess what? Whatever's flowing in Him's flowing in me. Amen. It's that simple. After saying these things, Jesus was lifted up into heaven and sat down at the place of honor at the right hand of God. And the apostles, or the believing ones, went out announcing the good news everywhere. As the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached. Guess what the Lord's going to do today? He's going to validate this message. He's putting his stamp of approval. I agree. Done. And what happens when, when that goes on? He's going to validate the message that they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. See, we can't get to the point where well, I've heard this before. I've heard this before. and How about you just, instead of coming, you know, come, come to receive, but come to actually bring your supply of faith in here today. Amen. See, I refuse to you know, get back on the road today on our way home and talk to Lacey and go, oh, okay, service. But how about we actually get to talk about the miracles that took place, people's lives that were changed, people that got born again. We can't assume everybody that walks through that door. Well, they come through the church. They must know Jesus. What if they don't? Why do I use that accent like that when I say that? Why Why is that? How? I don't know why. Turn turn on. Hello. Hallelujah. (laughs) See, the message today will be backed up with miracle signs that follow. They back up the word of God that is being preached. That's what's going to happen today. See, Jesus does not change, my friends. He doesn't change. If it was his heart and purpose in the Gospels, then it's still his heart and purpose for today. What does Hebrews 13 8 say? That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same word that was preached then and signs and wonders, miracles happened, will be the same thing that happens today. Were there people hurting then? Yes. Are there people hurting today? Yes. What what, What was the evidence of the word being preached that God was there then than what it is today? Miracles, signs, and wonders. We we sell sh- we have shirts and bracelets on that says God of miracles. Do we actually believe that? So what happens when a God of miracles is in your midst? What happens? Things change. They will change in your body. They will change in your finances. Anything that you can get close to the Father is going to change. Because in him, the Bible says that in him was life, and that life was the light to all men. The Bible says that just as the Father has life, so he's given the Son to have life in himself. Well, that was talking about two people, correct? The Father and who else? Jesus. But aren't you a son? So maybe it's talking about the Father, Jesus, and you. See, it's talking about you as well. See, there's so much power living within us right now, my friends, that it makes a nuclear power plant look, look like nothing but a small firecracker. You get that? A nuclear power plant, if it exploded and something went off, you're going to know. But the power that resides and lives in you, you could put all the power plants and all the nuclear power plants in the world together, and it wouldn't do anything to the power that's in you. This power breathes right into a dead tomb and awaken Jesus from the dead spiritually and physically, and that power lives in you. What will it do when it gets on a cancer? What will it do when it gets into arthritic hands? Annihilation. Annihilation. It will annihilate it. I heard one minister used to say, it will annihilate it. It will annihilate it. <laughs> See, it'll make a nuclear power plant look nothing but like a small firecracker. See, this power is the most explosive power that has ever existed in the universe, but it lives in us. I'm at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to us through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. Now remember, you're one with this. You're one with this. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank Above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. Mic drop. Just go home. Do you get that? Do you get that? That we are his body. On this earth. So in other words, is it too far to say, hey, just go ahead and just reach out and touch me. You're touching Jesus. Oh, I wouldn't go there. Why not? Your flesh of his flesh and your bone of his bone. Jesus is just not at the right hand of the Father looking down. Well, I think they're doing it right. And he's not little baby Jesus. And he's not on the outside of you holding your hand. And when you get into trouble, he just comes over here and just sits down and watches you go through it. No, you're flesh of his flesh, your bone of his bone. You're one with the Christ. He lives in you. He's not afraid to go to Vinny's. He's not afraid to go right into the prostitution house. He's not afraid to go in where they're storting a line and have their arms stuck out with a needle in it. He's not afraid of all that. He's not afraid to go in with a gun loaded because they're getting ready to end it. He's not afraid of that. Why are we? Why are we? How come we just can't walk in and just love the hell out of them? If this is on the church sign advertising church, how about instead of just making it look good, we actually become it and live it? Well, this place does. That's why I'm honored to not just be here but to be a part of this ministry. There's no other place my wife and I would ever ever want to be at all, on the face of this planet. Why? Because they don't just preach something, they live it. And there's testimonies to prove it. What other ministries do you see going in at 3 o'clock in the morning? I mean, just tired as can be and going in and, and looking at a body that, that, that's dead and goes, Live! Most people would say, Well, the Father took him." Must have needed another angel. And then walk out and let that be that. No. This ministry went right in and kicked Satan in the teeth and said, Hell no. And they turned around and spoke life right back to that body. I don't want to be a part of another ministry. I want to be a part. That was the whole thing that even attracted us to this. is everything that we're preaching. These people of this ministry said, It's for today. And they manifest it. Why? Because that person in need in that very moment, they need something. They're in, they're, they're in dire need. It's great that you preach that. Can you manifest it? And they did. And people's lives have been forever changed because of that. Now listen, it says, and now we, his church, are his body on the earth. If we're Jesus' body in the earth, what would they do in that situation? What would Jesus' body on the earth do if it was the, first one, or the re, first one at the scene of an accident? Well, I can't touch them. I, I could be sued. I yeah, I don't know if I can go to that person that said they have COVID symptoms that might get on me. God, I can't stand that. No, literally, sometimes I just want to reach out and punch people that preach that stuff. A spirit of slap. I don't like it. I don't, it paints a picture of Jesus like he's, I gotta watch where I go with this. I I don't like that. If Jesus was compared to someone in the natural, it wouldn't be a Barney Fife. It would be a John Wayne. It would be, nah, it would be a stone cold Steve Austin. Bam, the stunner right there. Does anybody watch wrestling other than me? Okay, there you go maybe the rock bottom, something, if you smell what Jesus is cooking. He's not a wimp, and he didn't make us that way. Why in the world do we go over there to where we're afraid to do stuff? Because this is it. What happens if it doesn't work? What happens when it does? Smith Wigglesworth said, I'll line, I'll line 100 people up. I'll lay hands on them all. And if they die, he goes, line another 100 up. He goes, because my God is a healing God. He didn't give up. He didn't give up. And we've been made out of that same substance. The Bible says in Romans 8, 11, yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection, check this out, says it lives in you. He will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life into you. My friends, you got some dead raising power living within you even as we speak. Not some wimpy little power that was barely good enough to get you out of bed, but an explosion of glory and power that raised Jesus from the dead. That very exact same power lives and breathes and it works in you and through you and it wants to get out onto other people. It wants to get out onto other people. How do I know that? Well, the Bible is our blueprint, correct? Especially the book of Acts. Guess what? The The church started in the book of Acts. It will end in the book of Acts. Matter of fact, the book of Acts is still being written. How? With your life. Let it be written well. One afternoon, Peter and John, this is Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the side of a man crippled from birth, being carried in place at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money for these going into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John, looking straight to the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift... He readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I will give you this. I like what the, I think it's the King James Version says, such as I have, give I thee. What was it that they were in possession of? Because it wasn't money. So what else was it that they were in possession of that they could give away that made the man walk? Because it wouldn't have been, hey, hang on, let me... Hey, you're crippled. Let me write you a check for that one. Wouldn't have took care of it. Let me get a $100 bill from Curtis. I wouldn't have took care of it. There's not amount of a a, a monetary value that would have got that man up. God didn't give the man what he wanted. He gave the man through them what he needed. And we have what the world needs. Needs. Amen. We have what the world needs. When the world's at G2M, we have it. When the world's at the grocery store, they we have we have it. You can any category that you want here, even in Lori. No matter where your feet would go or your car would take you there, you have what the world needs. You have it. You have it. If you'll notice uh Jesus traveled with the physician, did he not? How come he never asked him to get into his medicine kit and get some Neosporin out for that one? How come Jesus never said, hey, can you give a script? Yeah, write a script of amoxicillin and bactrim. (laughs) Or what's the new one they're they're doing? (laughs) Ivomectrim. Let's give us some CCs of ivomectrim. Why? How come Jesus never did that? He didn't need to. Heaven's medicine is the life of God, which is in you, which is released through your hands, through your words. He begged them for money, but Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, Look at us. Expecting a gift or money, he really gave them his attention. He's like, Okay, I'm going to get what I'm asking for. Right? I'm going to get some money. Then Peter said, I do not have any money, but I will give you this. By the power of the name of the Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up, walk. Peter held out his right hand yep. to the crippled man and pulled the man to his feet. Suddenly power surged into the crippled feet and ankles. What was that power that surged? The same power that was in Jesus with the woman with the issue of blood. The same power that was laid upon Paul and when he had laid his hands upon it when it was given to the, blah, blah 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 blah. When it was given to the men that were sick and diseased and demon-possessed, the demons left, and the sick were cured. The same power surged through Peter, and it got out into his shadow. That power lives and resides within us. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned, and then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, He leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. Why? Because a miracle will settle the issue. You can't deny a miracle. You cannot deny a miracle. Well, I get, uh, man, what's going on here? Might as well just pray in the spirit. I've got good news for you. Is the word that we preach today, is it the word? Are we preaching about Jesus? Don't you think Jesus would be there to validate and back up the word that's being preached? So miracle signs and wonders will happen today. So I need you to start already getting ready. Get that antenna of faith up. Because I'm telling you, whatever's going on in your body or whatever's going on in your life, things are going to change. They will change. We are in the Midwest Healing Center. People years ago did not go to prayer and healing school at Ramah. Why did they go? They needed change. Things were happening in that place. People were brought there. I mean years ago, you remember, mama? What happened there? Years ago. And what happened? They got healed. This is the Midwest Healing Center. Not the Midwest I hope and it works center. It's the Midwest Healing Center. It is a place of healing. Not a dispensary a place of healing. We got something different that will work for you yep, right. that won't just cover the symptoms but actually shoot the thing in the head and drag it off to hell where it came from. Is that too gruesome for you guys? Good. Oh, Hopefully I don't hear about it later from the wife. Did you really say that? Yes, I did. She's not. If Peter and John had no money, then what was it that they had that they were in possession of that got that man up and walking on his feet? Maybe it was that resurrection power in the very life of God that got that man up. Are you aware that that power is here today to get you up and out of your sickness and disease? Yes, it's true and real. This power is here today to do the very same things that you are hearing today and the people of this Bible. But now it's your turn. See, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12, man, I like this so much. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within. Oh, my God. Yes. Do you get that? You could stop right there and go home. Your body, your physical body, it's like a common clay jar, but it doesn't stop there. It says that it carries this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's and not yours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, have you been experiencing some pressure lately? Have you been pressed in on all sides, feeling like it's wanting to tighten you in? Well, I've got good news for you. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. You ready to shout? It says, but quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. We don't quit when we're pressed down. We just look at it and get back up and say, "That's, that's all you got? Come get you some more. That's not arrogance. If the devil throws his best shot, don't let him see you sweat. Get back up and say, "Are you serious? That's that's that, that. was really all the power that you just threw at me, and that's all you had. Are you serious? Because it'll wear him down. Yep. Yep. He'll be getting all his demons around him. He's like, I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I just do a cancer at him. Godly God, they they beat they beat that. I, I just do depression at him. Depression at him. And they, they they beat that. I, they they just won't give up. You can't stop someone that won't give up." You can You can get in a fight with someone and you can just know I could whoop this dude's tail. But every time you give him your best shot and that guy keeps getting back up, guess who's going to get worn out? You. It says but quitting is not an option. You can't quit. You, if you quit, you're quitting on everybody that you're going to stand before and minister. You're you're quitting on your family. You're quitting on your children. You're quitting on your grandchildren. You're quitting at the person that you were supposed to meet at the local grocery store that was given a week to live. You're quitting on them because you've been kept for such a time as this. Believe me, you've had plenty of opportunities to check out, but you didn't. Maybe right before that thing happened, God put his hand right there and stopped it. Or maybe it did happen, and you thought it was the end of it, but... I'm here. Dialysis, where is your sting? Kidney failure, where's your victory? I do believe on uh, 1031 at 1136, almost 1137 on Sunday 2021, uh, I'm preaching the gospel. I'm seeing people get delivered, healed, set free, born again, spirit-filled, raised from the dead. Where was that victory? Where was the victory that it, wh- wh- where's the victory? Where's it at? It's right here. Where's your victory? Where is the thing that could have took you out? Where's it at? Huh? Maybe it's voice was silenced by the good shepherd. Why? Because you've been kept for such a time as this. It says we are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake. Doesn't stop there, though. It says that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. See, we carry this life, this life that made God, God, and Jesus. Jesus, guess what? It made you, you. The same substance that made God, God, that was in him from the very beginning, the same substance that was in Jesus is that same substance that is in you. What happens when you get that substance out on something that looks like death? Death has to go. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 through 49. For it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. Now listen to this. This is good. The last Adam, which was known as who? Jesus became the life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual didn't come first. The natural precedes the spiritual. The first man, which was Adam, was from the dust of the earth, The second man is Yahweh from the realm of heaven. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him. Oh, I'm getting ready to run, George. You ready? Are you sure? (laughs) This is good. It says the the first one made from dust has a race of people like him who are also made from dust. The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Yes! My God, do you get that? Stop putting Jesus in a category all by himself. He is on being the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the only one that died for the sins of the world. But when it comes to being a son, he was the firstborn among many brethren. In other words, he was the oldest brother. It says... The one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. Once we carried the likeness of a man of the dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. And that is the Passion Translation. Thank you. God, I like that. it, It put everything in a different way for me. It was just certain words that it would put in there. I'm like, my goodness, that's good. And I thought, well, that's just kind of a fluke thing. And then I'd read it over here and then over here. And I'm like, my goodness, I love it. Galatians 2.20 says, My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and it no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life. Are you a new life? Are you a new creation? Do you have new life living within you? then this is talking about you right here. My old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and it no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine for it is the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me. Doesn't stop there. It says, dispensing his life into mine. What happens when Jesus dispenses his life into yours? Well, it affects you. But what happens when you get that dispensing life on someone that's in need? Transfer. Transfer. It's tangible. My friends, how in the world can we hear this amazing life? changing good news and then shrink back into a mold that we're not even supposed to be in. The only mold that we need to be in is the mold of Jesus. He is our only example, and he came to give us this life, resurrection life. This life will do exactly what it did in and through Jesus. John fourteen 12, can't argue with that. says, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these because I'm going to be with my Father. See, now you're in union with the glorified, resurrected Christ, the one that already defeated death, hell, and the grave, and then turned around and sat down. The Bible says in John 17, 18, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. The same way that you see that Jesus was sent into the world and the impact that he had is the same way that Jesus turned around and says, now I'm sending them. We should have an impact when we stand before cancer. We should have an impact when we stand before AIDS or leukemia. We should have an impact when we stand before COVID-19 or Delta or whatever they, Princess Cruise Lines and I don't, whatever they're going to throw in there. You know one thing that irritated me? There is a time to where, yes, we, I tested positive but absolutely had no symptoms at all. When I came back, there was a, I'll be careful, there, there was a person that, uh, that uh, he said, well, how how'd you do? I said, well, we had no symptoms or anything. You would think that this person in the position that he had, this is not judgmental, it's not it's waking up to who we are. Well, praise God, brother. That power works in you. I wouldn't expect anything different. It was like, well, could it have been because maybe it's the medicine that you take? God, that just hit me wrong. Even certain songs. And when that sickness takes my child away and there's nothing I can do, maybe you could go home and read your Bible. How in the world is that going to help you? How? And that sickness takes my child away and there's nothing that I can do. Get up! it. It shouldn't even get to that point. You even have to be careful in the worship that you even listen to. How did we get over on that? Rabbit trail. I know why we got there, because there's certain things that you hear that are renewing your mind. And then when you turn around and you start hearing other stuff that's painted as Christianity, I'm not saying they're not born again. That's not what I'm saying. We go from faith to faith and glory to glory. There's going to be things that you say today that you, 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 you might have got more revelation on. But those things will start. I mean, I, 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 Before you guys came to the MHC, you might walk across someone in Walmart and see them with a the cane. it's another person. Here, like I am, you might overheard them talk. Yeah, they're going in for treatment next week. We hope it works. Would have never bothered you, but now that that is turned into the Father's heart, and you hear things, you hear things differently now. Certain things catches your eye. Why? It's the Father getting your attention. Maybe He's looking at you and saying, "What are you going to do about it? Come on. What are you going to do about it?" There's a person quite a while back. Um, we heard that. Um, was dealing with cancer or something going through treatments, and she had a mask on. She was in Walmart, and I shrinked back. And I wish I would have never done that. Why? Well, what would they think? What would they say? Well, Probably what you have to say and what you're going to do beats them going to treatment and having radiation and hoping that it works. Maybe everything that they've been hearing and then what you have to say is a spark that they need because all they've been hearing is death when you come in and you bring life life Jesus sent us into the world from heaven to make an impact just like he did on hell. We have the same equipment that Jesus had to do the father's will. 1 John 4:17 says because all that Jesus now is so are we in this world. If you will just picture everything that Jesus is right now at the right hand of the Father, but also in you, start seeing yourself that way. Do not see yourself lacking anything when you stand before someone that's dealing with a sickness or disease. You don't lack anything. How do you lack something when the Christ lives and breathes in you, that you're flesh of his flesh and your bone of his bone? How do you lack anything? If any, there's lacking of anything, it's the, it, it's the cancer. It lacks the ability to stay there because a son of God stepped onto a scene. The Bible says that the whole world is on tiptoe waiting to get a glimpse of a real life son of God. So what are we going to step up to the plate and say, here we are? See, we've been, we've been, we've been kept for such a time as this. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? That's like the coach putting you in. Fourth quarter, game's tied, and the coach tells all the teammates, get the ball in her hands. Everybody's looking at you. What are you going to do? You're going to rise to the occasion. When they give you that ball, you're going to shoot that shot, and you're going to drain that game-winning three-pointer. But what happens if it doesn't work? What happens when you do shoot it and you do make it? and if all else guess what the father's going to turn around if, if for some reason if, if you if, if you were dumb in that situation and you walked away and you didn't do it guess what the father's still going to say next time say you're up balls in your hands he's not going to say bitch him bitch him they don't have what it takes the father's just going to keep looking at you every time and say put the ball on his hands Put the ball on his hands. Put the ball on his hands. Put the ball on his hands. Because the moment you finally shoot it and you make it, confidence builds up. And then the next time you stand in front of someone in cancer, your mind goes right back. Well, it's happened before in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then it's going to happen again. I mean, come on. Dion's raised squirrels from the dead. Now, some people might be like, what? Hey, that power is not prejudice. And I didn't mean that in a, in a joke. She's raised something that was physically dead back to life. Oh, yeah, her husband too. Hmm. Come on, man. My friends, we lack absolutely nothing. We are perfectly complete in him and can do the very same works that Jesus did to get the world's attention so that he is alive and living inside as born-again man and woman. This dynamite power lives within us and wants to get out on other people in need. John 7, 37 through 38. Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost being, just like the scripture says. What will this life-giving water do when it gets on someone with a sickness and a disease? disease? What will it do? Well, let's look at Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 19. I always say this. You put plenty of Scripture in there because people can argue with with you. But when you put Scripture in there, now the arguments between them and the Father takes you out of the equation. But Nathan said, no, that's Scripture. You take that up with the Father. Jesus and his disciples came down from the hillside to a level field where a large number of his disciples waited, along with a massive crowd. People from all over Judea, Jerusalem, and the coastal districts of Tyre and Sidon, they all come to listen to the words so that they could be healed of their diseases and be set free from tormenting demonic powers. The entire crowd eagerly tried to come near Jesus, to touch him, to receive healing. Because a tangible, supernatural power emanated from him and healed all who came close to him. Sounds like the woman with the issue of blood, doesn't it? (laughs) Do you realize that this power lives in you, that people can get close to you? How much longer are we going to wait before we actually step into this? One of the worst things I can think has happened as a believer is when you step through that veil, when you've ran your race, and you did hear I say when you ran your race, not because a sickness of disease told you it was time's up. No, when you've ran your race, when you've completed your course, because you're going to finish long and you're going to finish strong. What happens if you step through that veil and you go, you got to be kidding me. You mean this? This was in me there? And Jesus is just going to smile and go, yes, sir, it was. I can't do that. I can't do that. Because guess what? They really don't need it to heaven. They're already there. But they do need it here so they can help finish their race and run it. So a sickness and disease doesn't say, hey, I know you got 120 miles to go because you are promised 120, but, you know, cancer's going to check you out at the 50. Uh Uh-uh. No. No, no, and no. It says that the entire crowd eagerly tried to come near Jesus, to touch him, to receive healing, because a tangible, supernatural power emanated from him. That same power emanates from us. It emanates from us. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Now in the crowd that day was a woman who had suffered horribly from continually bleeding for 12 years. She had endured a great deal under care of various doctors, yet in spite of spending all that she had on these treatments, she was getting worse instead of better. When she heard about Jesus' healing power, she pushed through the crowd and came up from behind him and touched his prayer shawl. For she kept saying to herself, if I could touch even his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Wow. Jesus knew it that uh, knew it at once that someone had touched him for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. He turned and spoke to the crowd saying, "Who touched my clothes?" His disciples answered, "What do you mean who touched you? Look at this huge crowd. They're all pressing up against you." But Jesus His eyes swept across the crowd looking for the one who had touched him for healing. Maybe faith can be seen. When the woman who experienced this miracle realized what had happened to her, she came behind him trembling with fear and threw herself down at his feet saying, I was the one who touched you. And she told him a story of what had just happened. Then Jesus said to her daughter, because you dared to believe. Because you dared to believe, your heart has healed you. Your, 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 your faith has healed you, sorry. Go with peace in your heart, there we go, and be free from your suffering. Now listen, <clears throat> because you dared to believe. I just need you to do me a favor. If you're dealing with something in your body or dealing with something within your life today, raise your hand. A lot of people. Now keep your hand up if a lot of that is physical. Okay. So, what happens when you dare to believe? What happens when you dare to believe? See, there's a dividing point right now. What Jesus said or what that specialist said. Now, that specialist can say, but we have everything to prove it. We have the we have we, we have the X-rays. We we have the EKGs. We have the we have the the blood count. We have the we we have all the lab results. We have all this to prove. But what happens if? Jesus steps in wearing his specialty coat that says the great physician. What happens if he comes in and sits down by you and says, Dion, Mm -hmm. I got good news for you. Mm -hmm. And he looks at papers and he says, do you see those lab results? Mm -hmm. Do you see that x-ray result? Mm -hmm. Oh, look, Dion, look at that EKG and out by every single one of them it says healed 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 nowhere on it will you find anything lacking in your body that they need to do something to fix it or to reverse it what happens when that what happens when that happens what happens when that happens cuz i need you to do something i need you to dare to believe because the Bible says in John 1, 4, in him was life and the light was the light of men. It says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says that I've come for you to enjoy life until it overflows. Jesus did not come just to punch your ticket to get you to heaven. If that was it, then the moment you said, thank you, Jesus, I receive you as Lord. Ooh, man, that was fast. Glory to God, I'm in heaven. It's not happened. You're still here. And it's not God's will for you to go through hell while you're here, unless you're going through, kicking doors open, getting your sword bloody, because you're slashing against the enemies, pulling people right out of hell and bringing them right back into the kingdom of heaven. And sometimes those people, they could be in church. Sometimes those people could be at the bar. Sometimes those people could be shooting up. It could be anything. Jesus isn't going to go knock on the door or just walk right into the room and go, oh, my goodness, wish I wouldn't have seen that. He's not going to do that. He's not afraid to step into your situation and drag you out of that. He's not afraid of that. He's not afraid at all. Jesus came to get God back into man, my friends, just like he did with Adam and Eve. That's in you. This life is in you. If I had to sum everything up today, listen. God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary miracles through the hands of Paul. What happens if you insert your name in there? God kept releasing a flow of extraordinary miracles through the hands of Nathan Gasford. Because of this, people took Nathan's handkerchiefs or articles of clothing, even pieces of cloth that had touched his skin, laying them on the bodies of the sick and diseased, and demons left them, and they were healed. See, that was written in there for a reason, not for you to go, oh, wow, man, that was awesome, Paul. Yes, that's awesome. But God also wants you to insert your name in there. How God anointed Dion... Of Missouri with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God wasn't just with her God is in her that's not arrogance that is humility because you're actually agreeing with God has to say even in the midst of the enemy going who do you think you are you anointed one you really think you can raise the dead I sure do I also believe that I can get someone healed and delivered and set free I also believe I would get someone born again and take them from your kingdom. You want to keep running your mouth, devil? Keep running it. He'll shut up real quick. Now, just because he shuts up doesn't mean that you step back. It means you kept pressing forward. Yeah, stay on the offense. Stay on the offense. I could go more and more and more. I will, I'll do this one right here. I like this. And just for some of you today that are like, well, I, I, I know we can. Because this is the problem right here. A lot of people go, oh, brother, I have no doubt that he can. No doubt in my mind. I'll go buy that T-shirt, I'll rock it all day, and I'll wear that wristband to bed. I have no doubt that God is a God of miracles. I have no doubt that he can do it. I've seen him do it. For others but will he do it for me? Why would he not? But Nathan, you don't understand what I've done. Maybe you don't understand what he's done because I got news for you. If there's a sin that you have done, if there's a sin that you have done and how many times you've even done it to the point to where you said, father, I'm sorry, repent. And 30 minutes later, you're wallowing in it again. If that is that big that it trumps the blood of jesus you and me and the whole entire world's in a lot of trouble a lot of trouble but what if it was actually too you know they say the gospel is uh how how do they say that again i'm trying to get it out right The, The uh too too good to be yeah too good to be true you know they want to find they want to find a reason why that they're, they're trying to find a reason why there hey there there's a there there has to be a loophole really cannot be this good there's something to it there it's in the fine it's in the fine print so small that I'm like I, what if it wasn't what if it was really so good that God healed you even while you were a sinner but now that you're a born-again believer of God and you happen to just sin your way out of that one. No. Guys, I've got news for you, and we're going to sum it up with this. George, if you'll come up. God is not mad at you, guys. He's not ready to hit a home run with your head with a sickness or a disease and say, I told you so. He's not there to embarrass you. He's not, not there to point out what you did wrong. He's there to love you. He's there to heal you. So don't put on a scales of what you did in the blood of Jesus and your sins are just going to outweigh that thing. No, the blood outweighed what you did wrong to qualify you to come down and to receive healing or whatever's going on. God's in the house today, my friends. Jesus is here. He's not just saying, "Oh, whoa, 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 hold your hub. Whoa, 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 whoa. I need you." Uh, 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 uh. Prosperity's next week. Today's healing day. Mm-hmm. No, Jesus is all around good, and every side that you get a glimpse of Him, everything that you need is found in Him. Healing, prosperity, man. I know I have this stuff in me. I'm just, just, I'm just feeling, just kind of. Just beat up, man. I just feel like I just need to stir some stuff up. Well, the Bible says that don't neglect the gift of God which is in you by the laying on of my hands. Stir it up. What is that? Second Timothy one six, I think. So as he plays, I'm going to read one more scripture to you because this is the heart of Jesus for this right here. I want you to dare. I want you to dare to believe. I want you to dare to believe. After he came down from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began following him. Now it says, suddenly a leper. Now I want you to insert what's going on in your body. I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes as he plays. After he came down from teaching on the hillside, massive crowds began following him. So suddenly a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him. Now I want you to put whatever situation is going on in your body. Might not be a leper. Might be symptoms of COVID-19. Might be depression. Might be cancer. Might be arthritis. Whatever situation that the doctors have even told you that you're dealing with, or your potty just reminded you this morning. Yep, still here. Yeah. Hallelujah. Suddenly you came along and you walked up to Jesus and you threw yourself down before Jesus and you worshiped the Lord. And you said, Lord, you have the power to heal me. If you really want to, Jesus reached out his hand and touched you and said, Of course, I want to heal you. Be healed. And instantly, all signs of sickness and disease disappeared. Now, if we truly believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. At any place that we could have chose to gone to church, but you choose the Midwest Healing Center. Maybe you came here because you actually believe in what it says because God really is that good. See, he's not finding a way out of healing you today. He's just saying, of course I will be healed of your disease. But you're daring to believe, aren't you? Then, on the count of three, I want you to come down here as fast as you can and let Jesus touch you and you be free. That count of three is going to be your release of faith. I'm going to get what's mine, I'm going to get what belongs to me. So, you're on the starting line. You're getting ready to run that 50-yard dash. They're getting ready to pull that trigger. One, two, three.
0: Thank you for joining me for church at the MHC Sermon of the Week. I'm your host, Pastor Don Allen. Well, that was Associate Pastor Nathan Gasford. God has given unto you every single thing you'll ever need to be complete and walk like Jesus walked this earth. You have it, my friends. You'll finish long, and you're going to finish strong. Sure to join us for Church at the MHC every Sunday, 10 a.m. in person at the Midwest Healing Center, 728 North Main Street Laurie, Missouri, beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Or online live streaming video on the Two Guys in the Bible Facebook page. We also have the Two Guys in the Bible YouTube channel as well. Wanna sow into the ministry? Twoguysinthebible.com hit donate. Church at the MHC, where we love the hell out of your life.